I am J.A. Lovelock, a barrister, an author, but most importantly, a crime junkie. Welcome to my podcast, Behind the Yellow Tape. In this episode of Behind the Yellow Tape, I check out a shooting in Croydon, and more particularly, a shooting in a pub in Croydon. It is probably not a good idea to own a pub when you yourself are partial to a drink or two. But that did not mean anything to a certain James Peckham of Croydon. By the way, Croydon was originally a town in the county of Surrey and is now part of Greater London. In 1893, James Peckham was the proud owner of the Oakfield Tavern. This tavern was situated at the corner of St. James Road and Oakfield Road, adjacent to his home at Four Quadrant Road, which meant that James Peckham did not need to go far for his usual tipple or two or three or four. James Peckham had himself a wife, Sophia, and at 65 years of age, she was 18 years older than him. Wife Sophia herself was fond of a tipple or two or three or four. And so together as man and wife, they drank the tavern dry. Well, almost. Well, at least until 1891, when poor James was put in a straitjacket and carried off to the local lunatic asylum, that being Cane Hill. Here, James spent the next 18 months suffering from melancholy mania. Melancholy mania, not sure what that means in today's language. After 18 months, where there wasn't even a whiff of anything resembling alcohol that came near the asylum premises, James Peckham was released from the asylum and returned to his marital home, to his wife and to his tavern. He promptly resumed his husbandly position, as well as taking up where he left off with his fondness for a tipple or two or three. James Peckham took to drinking like a dog to water, making up for lost time, perhaps. You would never have thought that he had not touched a drop in 18 months. He drank and drank and drank up. But he was not alone in this little sideline. Oh no, his ever so supportive, faithful and loyal wife, Mistress Sophia, kept him good company in that regard. But along with the drinking, they fought all the time. The more they drank, the more fighting they did. Cats and dogs had nothing on these two. But this was nothing new. Fights between James and Sophia were as bad as they were before James' little stopover at the asylum. So here you have a rolling drunk Mr. Peckham and an equally rolling drunk Mrs. Peckham fighting all the time. Not a good combo. But that was not all. Neighbours told the authorities that they had previously heard Mr. Peckham threatening to shoot his wife, Sophia. Oh, was this an idle threat? Oh no, because Mr. Peckham had access to arms, 
firearms, loaded firearms. He had kept his arsenal of rifles and shotguns ready for use. And all he needed to do was to put a finger on the trigger and pull it. Did he, though? We will soon find out. On the 2nd of January, 1893, the Peckhams could be heard fighting again, as per usual. Their next-door neighbors at number six, Quadrant Road, heard the smashing of furniture, as well as a great deal of noisy exchanges between the two. The next thing the neighbors knew, or saw, was poor Mrs. Peckham being thrown out of her house. And there she was, sprawled out on the pavement. In addition, she was sporting a swollen and bloody nose. You would have thought that that would have been enough to persuade Mrs. Peckham that perhaps this was the time, the time to call this style of matrimony quits and take her leave. But oh no, what the battered and bloody Mrs. Peckham had taken leave off was her senses. Because after all that, all that fighting and being thrown out onto the pavement for all the world to see, she begged Mr. Peckham to take her back into the marital home. Is she crazy? Hmm. Soon after she entered therein, the matrimonial home, that is, there was one almighty explosion which could be heard far and wide. And more particularly, heard by police constable George Windus. I won't say he got wind of it. <laughs> the next thing you know, though, Constable Windus presents himself at number four Quadrant Road, where he finds Mr. Peckham dancing a jig. Dancing a jig? I ask you, what sort of move is that? Dancing a jig in these circumstances? Without any shame or guile, he told the constable that he had shot his wife. I have shot my wife, he shouted. Shouted, you know, just to make sure he was heard to make sure there was no mistake in what he had done. And dancing a jig, and happy about it too by the sound of it, and no remorse. But the constable did not believe him after all that. So Mr. Peckham had to tell him again. I have killed my wife, my bonny boy, he shouted to the somewhat bemused Constable Windus. This probably was his first murder case, and clearly he was not quite sure what to do about a murder. But there was no denying that poor Sophia Peckham was as dead as a dodo, Mr. Peckham having shown the hapless Constable Windus into the kitchen to view the evidence. For there it was, Peckham's lifeless body lying on the kitchen floor with a large part of her head blown off by a shotgun. Ugh. Dear listener, here we have a situation where a man who had recently spent 18 months in a lunatic asylum was allowed to keep firearms 
and plentiful supply of bullets to boot. Still, consequently, after Constable Windus got his wits about him, James Peckham was arrested and charged with the murder of his wife, Sophia. At the Guildford Assizes, that's what courts were called in the olden days, it was asked why he killed his wife. What was the motive for shooting her in the head, he was asked. It was an accident, my lord, was his reply. It was all an accident. Was he saying that the gun had mistakenly gone off by accident? How does that happen? That was the defense he offered to the court? Hmm. But that explanation did not fly with the court, not with the Guilford Assizes. Oh no, because there were plenty of folk who could and did testify of James Peckham's fierce and angry temper. And at six feet tall and weighing 16 stone, they found he was not a man to be messed about. He was a force to be reckoned with, especially when annoyed. The folks who knew him were all agreed on that. Witnesses also spoke of James Peckham's strange and unreasonable behavior and his fondness for firearms. Well, that's not criminal, but what is, is at one time, James Peckham held a man at gunpoint at his home address of Four Quadrant Road. So, based on these facts, dear listener, do you think James Peckham, landlord of the Oakfield Tavern in Croydon, was guilty of murdering his wife, Sophia Peckham, in 1893? Well, yes, and no. The court found that James Peckham had committed the murder, but whilst in a state of insanity. Therefore, rather than being sent to a regular prison, he was sent to Broadmoor, which was known as Broadmoor Criminal Lunatic Asylum back in 1893. More commonly known today, as the High Security Psychiatric Hospital in Lethal Berkshire. It is a facility for the criminally insane, where inmates are treated as patients as opposed to convicts. So there, James Peckham lived out the rest of his life, which is about another 20 years, until he expired in 1913 of diabetes. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for more fascinating and interesting matters that go on behind the yellow tape. Till then, you can keep in touch by emailing info at btytpodcast.com. So when the scammer uses the hypnotic method of building rapport, then they create dysfunctional, delusional reality.
That's how a scam begins, convincing the mark that it makes perfect sense to hand over their money to a con artist. The Scams and Cons podcast tells you how scams are run. You'll hear how people are convinced to buy fake art, buy machines that print money, or steal your house. I get a phone call from my wife, and she let me know that they had decided to move all our stuff out. I can no longer do anything about it except go through an eviction. And you'll hear it from the experts, people who run the cons. So we go to your bank, you go in and get 6,000 cash, give us each 3,000, we give you this. Uh You go home, and what you find out is cut up newspaper. It's fun to know how the trick is done, and that's what Scams and Cons is all about. Listen at scamsandcons.com or wherever fine podcasts are found.